Good evening, and welcome to A Journey Through Into Awareness. Your hosts, Dr. George Andow and Judy Miller, and we're always so happy to be with you. For those of you that tune in each week, we always like to say a special thanks and really hope that everything that we bring to our show, because we really take a lot of time thinking about what we feel that you might want, need, without knowing you, which is always a little bit of a challenge. But we do know you because you are parts of us and we're parts of you. So we do hope that you find our shows nourishing. So we have a great lady here with us tonight. Her name is Lisa Najjar, and we're very pleased to have her that she said yes to join us. So, Lisa, thank you so much for saying yes and being here with us tonight. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Thank you. It is so great. It's so great for Lisa to be here. So I'm just going to give everybody an introduction so they get to know Lisa a little bit better. But Lisa Najjar used to be a court reporter. Now she's reporting for a higher court, not the Supreme Court, but the Celestial Court. Lisa is an international psychic medium, speaker, and author of Dying to Tell You, Channel messages from the famously dead. Now, what do the famously dead want us to know? What would George, George Harrison, Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe, Martin Luther King Jr., John Lennon, Einstein, and other famously dead want us to know? What messages would they have for us? And how would they live their lives differently now that they have a higher perspective from the other, other side? Now, tonight, Lisa will share her amazing journey and the uplifting channeled messages she received from these deceased celebrities and historical figures. Now, I was first introduced to Lisa about four years ago and have had several private and group sessions with her. And I'm always amazed at the accuracy of her readings. But what I love the most about Lisa is that her messages are always loving and uplifting. And I am so excited to welcome my friend Lisa Najjar to journey through into awareness. So... Thank you so much, Judy. So thank you. That was beautiful. I really appreciate it. So Lisa, I, I love your story about how you started channeling messages from these famously dead people. Can you share with our listeners how it all started? Thank you. Uh, well, it's really unexpected, I would say. Um, what happened is, I mean, I was born a psychic medium, and I've always had it. So it was like, just like breathing, really. So I never thought too much of it. And when I was 17, I did have an experience where I was in a house where a couple of the gals had died, tragically, and I could hear them in the living room, I could hear them around the house, and uh, told everybody, but they didn't care, they were just very skeptical. And, oh, well, so we left it at that. And I didn't think another thing of it. And fast forward many, many years, decades, really, uh, there was a high-profile missing persons case in a, a city in, in Canada where I was living. And um, I was having lunch with a friend, and she was telling me about this story in the news. It was an elderly couple that went missing, and uh, it was uh, they went on a, a summer vacation and never came home. And as she was telling me the story, I said to my friend, the lady's here. I can feel her. And you know that lady came home with me and she um, stayed with me for two weeks. And all she kept saying is, you have to, you have to find my daughter, please find my daughter. And I was saying to her, I don't know anything about your daughter. And I don't know anything about this case. And I don't know what you're asking. I don't know what I should be doing. And I can't call a stranger up and what can I do? And I didn't, I kind of put her off for two weeks. And finally I, I did, I, I said, okay, okay, I'll do it. Tomorrow I'll do it. And she said, okay, will you get a grab a piece of paper? So I grabbed this paper and she said, I want you to take down a poem for her, for, from, for me. So she channeled this poem for me. And uh, that next day, as I promised, I called, I found out who this woman was. Didn't know if there were more than one daughter, but it turns out there wasn't. So uh, I got hold of this gal and I told her, I said, this is, I mean, that was a terribly hard, really, really awful challenging phone call I had to make and uh, I said I don't know if you believe in this stuff I don't know anything about how what your thoughts or feelings are on this but 
your mother's with me and she has a message for you. And uh, she said, can I come over? It was about 10 at night. And I said, yeah. So she came to my house. And uh, as soon as she got in, I handed her the poem and she said, she started to cry and said, now I know it's my mother. She said, I do believe in this. I have worked with about, I don't know, dozens and dozens of psychic mediums to try and locate my parents. And none of them gave me anything in writing. And then she told me why that was important. She said that just before her mom went on that vacation, they were in the kitchen. And one of the last things she said to her was, if either of us goes before the other, uh, here's how we'll know it's us. We will write something from heaven. If we don't write it, it's not us. So she said, when you gave me that poem, I knew. Nobody had given me anything in writing. And then, of course, she knew now her mother was passed. And so that then, you know, that, that's that's when I realized that this is a very, maybe a very useful gift. I mean, I didn't want to use it in any professional capacity, but that's when I at least realized the importance of it. And it was later that Walt Disney came through and that's when he asked me to do the book. That's when I said, I said no for three years. I said, I'm, I'm, I absolutely, I'm not a writer. I'm not doing a book. I don't know what you're asking me for. And I put him off until three years later, him and George Harrison and Abraham Lincoln all came to me on Good Friday of 2015 and said, now will you do this? Your son is in university, will you? And I said, I'm still not sure why you'd ask. I'm not a, a writer. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a court reporter. And they said, but you can take dictation. And they, I said, yes, I can. They said, that's all we want. So I did do it for them. That's how it, that, I mean, who would have ever guessed? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What an incredible story. Incredible. Lisa, when you say you were born with it as a child, how did it show up for you? Well, it didn't that I know of. It's funny. I was just teaching my first class last Saturday on uh, increase your intuitive IQ. And I was talking about how kids, uh, they're pretty psychic right up until the age of seven. And I said, so, you know, you guys probably have stories. And I said, interestingly enough, I'm now doing this for a living. I don't have any stories because I don't remember that anything happened until I was 17 in that, that time in the house. Now, did I know that something was different? Well, I remember when I was five saying to my mother, I got off on the wrong planet. I don't know what I'm doing here. I should be able to move things with my mind and things like that. So what, what am I doing here? What kind of place am I at? That's all I remember saying, and that's it. I don't recall seeing things, knowing things. I, I just don't, actually. Do so we Lisa, all? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Judy. No, go ahead. You started. Do we, do we all, once we're on the other side, do we all have the capacity and capability to journey back here, so to speak? Or is it just those that have been tragically, uh, have tragically died? Do you mean reincarnation? Well, why is it that it is everyone? Can everyone speak? So can everyone connect with others on the other side? Oh, do you mean that when you're on the other side, can you speak to people here? Yeah, oh, yes. And everyone. It's yeah, not well, just a tragic death. Oh, heavens no. Oh, my gosh, no. No, I do it all day long in my readings. Grandmas, grandpas, fathers, mothers, everybody. And in fact, in my book, Paul Newman talks about that. And he says it's such a gift. And he said, please reach out to those because they they just sometimes they just want to tell you they're okay. Because we worry, did they make it? Where are they? Are they okay? Are they happy? And he said that just it just provides so much comfort. And then the deceased can fly free because they know they've sent that love note home to heaven and the person who's grieving at home at least at a minimum knows that their loved one is happy and at peace and 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 in the light with god you know that kind of thing so lisa lisa since you're talking about paul newman um can you talk a little bit about death and our loved ones on the other side? So like you mentioned, Paul mentioned in the book that they're actually always there and with us. And sometimes they're actually closer to us on the other side than they are here. And then Walt, didn't, Walt Disney also talked about, especially when children pass away, how are they still there for their parents? Cause so, so could you talk a little bit about that as well? 
Yeah, they sure are. You know, think about it. Like right now, my dad's in Florida. My mom's in Ontario. My son is in Canada. Uh, you know, my friends, a lot of them are in Canada and others are in L.A. and all over. I can't be with them every day. But when, but when we're past, we absolutely can. We could literally be with them every moment of every day if we wanted. And not only that, but we're connected by the heart. So and it's mind. You can talk into the mind even. So there's no separation once we pass. And yes, he mentioned a beautiful thing about children. And he said, he spoke to, to, well, actually it was um, Walt Disney that spoke to the children, to the parents who have lost children and said that these children are happy and they're free and they're alive and they're, 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 you know, it's a great place that they are, but they will not sort of fly free until such time as their parents can not stop grieving, but at least allow them to fly free and to be free. They worry about the parents so much. And if the parent is for five or 10 years grieving and will not allow any joy into their lives, that child will watch and they, they, they don't feel like they can go on. So it's so important, Walt Disney said to, yes, of course, feel your feelings and grieve all that you can and need to. But while you're doing that, really maybe send that love and say, I know you're happy and free and, I, and it's okay. Fly free, you know, and just be happy and really give them permission. So I think that was what his message was really. And it's, it's quite beautiful. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. What, what, when we pass to the other side, what are we doing when we're there? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? You know, well, what, you know, honestly, um, some, it just depends on who you are and what's going on. My neighbor in Canada, Calgary, um, her little daughter, who I say little, gosh, she. Okay. She was eight when all over the place. She went backpacking all through South, uh, Southeast Asia or, or South America and just all over the world and Europe and everywhere. And her grandmother, her actually great grandmother said, I'm coming with you. I'm going to be basically like it's in your suitcase, not to protect you, Claire. But she said, I'm going because on my life, I couldn't, I couldn't do this. And I want to live through you. And she says, I'm going to have the time of my life in death. Now, I mean, that's interesting. So mm-hmm. what I have understood from talking to the deceased, they can be on other planets, on other dimensions. They can go interdimensionally traveling. They can, um, uh, you know, if they believe there's harps and clouds, they will find harps and clouds for a while. If they believe there's a pit of hell and damnation, they will find that actually, but only until they don't. It's only because of their belief. So it's whatever you believe, you will see it first. So Lisa, yeah, Lisa, one of the things, one of the things you mentioned in the book is one of the most spiritual experiences that you had was actually with Jesus. He showed you a movie of murderers, of, of killers, of rapists. And he asked you, what do you see? Can you share with listeners what your response was? Yeah, that was the most profound experience other than having my son. That was the most profound experience of my life. He did. He showed me a movie film of every imaginable thing that we could say, you know, sin or missing the mark or however you want to word that. And with each frame, he said, what do you see here? And I said, they're perfect and beautiful. Then he'd go to the next one. And it went like this. And he said, now you must tell the world what I have shown you here. And um I, when I, afterwards, I thought, gosh, should I be working in the prison system or something and speaking to these criminals or what? And they didn't allow me in back where I was living at the time in Canada. But um, since then, Jesus has showed up last Easter and also this Easter Sunday. And both times he spoke about forgiveness, two different messages, but all the same thing. And he said, we must forgive. We must. He said, not only not only when we forgive someone from do, for doing something, no matter what it is, um, it forgives a part of ourselves that also engaged in, in some lifetime, something that was off or negative or maybe not of the light. We'll say that. We'll say it that way. And, um, and the other thing is when we forgive, he said, 
we lift the whole world into a whole nother frequency with every yeah. forgiveness. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yes, I absolutely know that to be so. Oh, this is so exciting. I, 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 I have a love affair with Jesus. That's great. We'll be, so we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Lisa Najor. We're very excited to have this with us tonight. So exciting. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back. For those of you just joining us, I'm Dr. George Andow. We're here with um, Lisa Najar and, of course, my favorite co-host and only co-host, <laughs> Judy Miller. Thanks for coming back, A Journey Through Into Awareness. So, so Lisa, Lisa, go ahead. Go ahead, Georgianne. We no, have so many. Ahead. We have so many questions I want, for you. I want, I want, yes, I know. Go <laughs> ahead. So you know. Also, I know that you've had many experiences with Mother Mary, and she told you that there is only love. Can you share with our listeners some of the experiences and encounters that you've had with her? Yes, I love Mother Mary. I love Mother Mary, and I love Jesus too. Um, Mother Mary, yes, yeah, she comes to me quite a bit, and and in my client personal client sessions, she's been coming a fair bit these days. But she, um, one of the questions was interesting. I was actually on a friend call with Deva Pramal, my my friend, and um, she uh, she was asking me, you know, with everybody and all the angst in the world and everything, and she said you know, do, what does prayer do? And what does chant do? Like, I would love to hear what they have to say, this this chanting that we do and all this meditating and all of this. And um, Mother Mary came right in and she gave us this message. And she said, one person that's in a Zen place 
that's in their center um, negates or or neutralizes 1,000 people in angst. I mean, that was profound to me. So I said, just keep staying in that beautiful Zen place that you're in and keep radiating all that love to all the people that you do in that, in your meditations and everything. So she's always talking about love and, and, um, and, and just the, the power of it. And really, she said the other day too, to me, that all there is is love. And that's how we not only heal every affliction, but that's how we manifest. It's a mm-hmm. secret to manifestation is we heal and we manifest through love. So, and I actually, I actually did take your course at the end of 2020 on divine connection and the power of how we can manifest. So I, I definitely apply that in my own life, making sure that I apply love and incorporate love in all my heart's desires. So that's yeah. beautiful. And, um, you know, since we're talking about that course that you had at the end of 2020, one of the things that I loved is you encouraged all of the participants to remember the things that brought us joy. So as a child, what brought us joy in our 20s, in our 30s, in our 40s? And today, what brings us joy? And I know that Davy Jones was one of the famously dead who came to visit you. And he had a very joyful expression and a joyful way about him. And so did Walt Disney. So what did Davy Jones and Walt Disney have to say about joy and playfulness in our lives? Oh, that it's the most important thing, you know, that it's basically second to love. If you can even say second, it takes us immediately into this high vibrational state. So we really are supposed to or should seek out that which brings us joy, whether it's in the things we listen to, uh, watch, um, the people we're around, the music, everything, everything around us, and really find our truth and find what brings us passion and joy, even within our work and the places we live. And with COVID now and everything, it's actually easier because now we're a lot of us can find that we can work from home. And we can maybe go live where we actually do and maybe always wanted to live. So I say to people, there's no time like the present. Find what brings you joy. And if you're around someone or you're living somewhere or doing something that doesn't bring you much joy, it's really time to look at that. Seek joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, some of the people that did come through for you, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, John Wayne, Michael Jackson, it almost felt like they had a sense of regret or a sense of sadness. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, some some of them did. Like, for example, Elvis, he came to me while I was on a plane going to Nashville from Arizona, I think it was, um, or maybe Canada. Uh, anyways, he, uh, he, he was uh, saying that now that he can see what one act of kindness does and how it reverberates all the way out through the whole of eternity, he said, had I known that, I would have done kindness all day long. So that's his regret. And um, and so for some of the other ones, like John Wayne, he he grew up thinking that power and might was right. And, you know, just like being in control and being strong and all of this kind of thing. And he found out that there's a, a real strength to being vulnerable and to being sort of real and being just heart opened and all. And uh, that's what he was regretting, I think, some of that. And and Einstein, now that was a little bit different. He was so revered for his intellect. And when he got to the other side, he was, first of all, just shocked because he said, oh, my goodness, I'm nothing here. I'm just ordinary. And that was a big, like, you know, crash for him. And he realized that we're all extraordinary. And he, you know, him and I think, I can't remember if it was Mark Twain, but a couple of them talked a lot about not to judge ourselves on anything we do, the good and the bad, the high and the low, and don't let society do it either. Because there's great, wonderful stuff in every bit of it. And to just be, just be, and not to focus on what we are or aren't in this earth realm. It means nothing. It doesn't mean a thing. So, Lisa, is is that the theory of irrelevance? Yes, it really is. That all of the people and what they tell you in society and how you're graded and judged by your peers or or the world or your parents or the family or culture you come from, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. As soon as you get to the other side, we are truly all one. And in fact, we don't have the bodies or anything anymore. We have just light and we're known by the color of our light. 
and the brighter and, and all that, the more, the more evolved we are. So it's just about the heart. They look at the heart and they ask only a few questions when you first get over. How much did you love? What did you learn? And did you have the courage to follow your truth? And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, so if we can focus on that now while we're living, I think it helps make, um, helps us make different choices while we're in these bodies. That's absolutely beautiful. You just mentioned that we have different vibrations on the other side, but even though one person might be a different vibration than another, we're all equal, right? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're equal in the sense that, of course, we all come from the one God and that's all beautiful. And I believe, I don't know because I haven't been there, but I believe we all go into that in, in, in time. But while we're doing this, we'll call it the game. I don't even know what to call it. While we're on this this realm of life and rebirth. Yeah, we're, it's, it's, we're all at different levels of remembering. That's it. You know, when, when Jesus said, you know, what I do, you can do. And you're, you're, he, he said how much we're the same. We're all, I'm not special either. You, you are one with the father and we really are, but we think we're separate because we judge ourselves because we're not walking on water. But Jesus showed me that, that film and said, no, you're all perfect and beautiful right here, right now, no matter what you may have done or said or thought. Yeah. So, what what do you think about um, what what do you think about uh, the idea? And it's more than an idea, actually, to me. But of having a conscience, what is a conscience to you? From what you've learned, do you believe that there's such a thing as a conscience? And what is it? Yeah, and I wouldn't know how to define it. That's a big concept, and it almost breaks my mind thinking about it. It's, but it is the part of us that I believe lives on into all the different lifetimes. Some people say what the record of what you've done and said and thought is all in stored in this Akashic records or the book of life or whatever, the halls, the halls of knowledge or whatever. Um, I, I would say it's all housed in that consciousness. And so it's and I think that's what we're doing is ascending to higher levels of consciousness. And so if we're, you know, coming onto the earth and we're still in a mindset of killing people and stepping on them and and all of that then you know yes we're equal but we have at that time a lower consciousness we haven't the light hasn't gone on we haven't awakened to our divinity that's it yeah and we need to take a, a break in a moment but i always look at conscience having a conscience as the part of myself that is operating at a higher level which is, I call it my God-centered, where I'm able to perceive and grasp what is the higher plane to choose from on this earth plane to love and make a difference throughout all humanity. That's beautiful. That's anyway, that's, that's what I, why I was asking you about conscience, because that's conscience beautiful. and consciousness are the same, but they're also different. This is, I love this conversation. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back to a journey through into awareness with Lisa Najjar. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back with Lisa Najar. Judy, you always have the best questions. So if you don't mind, I'd, I'd love for you to, to, to ask more. No of problem. Us. So so I know one of the people that visited uh, Lisa quite often was George Harrison. And one of the things that struck me is that she said from far away, he often looked like Jesus and she couldn't tell until he got close. And then I believe in one of your encounters, they actually came oh. together. And one of the things that George said was that uh, there is no need for a do-over because each experience is just an experience. So, Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about George and why he was following around Jesus? Yes, he was job shadowing. (laughs) He's actually job shadowing. And I thought that was the cutest. And he... um, he basically was he was kind of joking with me and saying, you know, when I come back, I, I'd probably be a, a, a teacher, preacher type, you know, somebody. Um, and then he laughed and said, you know what, but by the time I come back, there'll be no need for it because you will be you will have awakened more on the planet and there will be no need for this sort of thing. You'll find the God within. So, um, yeah, they did look alike and I could never tell until they came towards me who was who there. And uh, he's been a kind of a great friend because he comes in personally and uh, quite often in the last couple of years for, for various things and for messages for the world and different things like that. So, mm-hmm. and, and similar to what Georgian was asking before about, you know, can people on the other side come in, but also can we actually sense and feel them as well? And one of the things that I noticed in your book is when you were tired or you weren't feeling well, or, you know, you just didn't want to do this channeling at the moment, they respected what you, what your wishes were. Yes, they do. And you can actually tell them how you want to work. That same little niece, uh, well, I say she's like my little niece, but the one that went traveling. When I met her at eight, she was a gifted medium. And I would say to her, so Claire, do you, you know, ever see the spirits? Because I knew she was a medium. She said, oh, my goodness. When I come home from school, they're all in the living room waiting for me. And she said, but I just tell them, go away. I have homework to do. And they literally go away. She commanded them at eight years old. So she taught me how to how to tell them how I want to work. Because you know what? They, they're not in a body. And sometimes they forgot, forget. And so you just have to say, here's how I want to work. And for me, I said, I, typic- I generally don't want to see. I want to hear. I want to know. I want to feel. Uh, things like that. I want to hear. But I don't. With, with the famously dead. Uh, yes, I did see some of them like George and Jesus there. But when it's in my sessions, I typically try not to. Um, so you can state how you want to work with spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So especially during this time, Martin Luther King Jr., Abraham Lincoln. One of the things I remember Abraham Lincoln says is uh, out of the many is one. So is there any message that is especially relevant for the things and times that we're going through now? Honestly, I think that entire book well written back then 
is more relevant today because these are such simple messages. And yet look at look around us. I mean, we need that more than anything. Really that peace, that unity, that oneness that we're just not finding here. And I think we're all going through that shift in consciousness. That's what's going on here, I believe. And so they tell me. And uh, so it'd be wise to remember that, yes, out of the many, we you know, are one. We are one all across the globe. Really, we are. And what, what we do here, they say that the butterfly that flaps its wings, I mean, it's felt everywhere. It impacts the whole world. So I think that's just kind of, we have to really embrace that concept, I think, once and for all. Yeah. And, you know, um, George Ann and I share so many things in common. I think that's why we love each other so much. But we've had the opportunity to be touched by the divine and experience the divine. And whenever that happens, we break out in tears because we just can't hold it in. And you mentioned that when you experience and encounter Jesus, you feel similarly. Why does that happen? Why do we cry? Oh, gosh, because we're in the presence of holiness. I mean, it's so loving. They look at you and they love you. And there's nothing you could have ever been done, said or thought that would ever change any of it. Uh, You know, when we look at our children and we love them so much, that's nothing in comparison to how we are looked at by the divine. We're just the most precious beings on the planet. And in fact, in my manifestation 10-week course that just finished, I'm pretty sure, or in one of my groups anyways, I'm pretty sure Jesus came and said that he, he was doing this, kind of telling us sort of what he was doing. And he was washing all of our feet, like we've seen and heard that he, he did. That's how he, he would dote on us. They would dote on us because they just love us that much. We're very loved. We are all so loved. So no need to ever feel alone. We are so loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lisa, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, we are perfect exactly as the way we are in the eyes of the creator. But many of us can't embrace the fact that we are perfection. No, no, no we can't. Many of us, myself, we're all kind of we are all basically throwing ourselves from grace all the time. It's like we flung ourselves from grace. We never were thrown out, never, never. So we just, we do something wrong or think something wrong and because and we label ourselves bad. And then what I've found, because the work I do, my most meaningful work, I think, is tracking back lifetimes where people, where things got set up. So where did that relationship pattern or dynamic or situation gets set up where and I'll always track back to maybe you know one life of time ago five lifetimes or maybe this childhood and it's where we took on a belief that we were bad and then we set up punishment for ourselves forever life after life after life and it's like no we need to take ourselves off the cross we need to just accept the grace that is ours and um and just allow us ourselves to be loved and that's tough that's tough. Even in marriages, sometimes a partner can't allow themselves to be loved, really just love. They feel unworthy of love. And I think that's the issue. We all have this deep seated sort of unworthiness and the divine would want us to know, no, 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 you are perfect exactly as you are now, flaws and all. Yeah. I'm just waiting for George Ann to say something because I know she wants to say something. <laughs> well, um, you know, I don't I don't work with people lifetimes, but my work as a psychoanalyst and spiritual director is to be able to help people to reclaim the parts of themselves that were made wrong, criticized, that created a level of self-hate from their very early years, intrauterine to age seven which is when it really occurs in this life. But that's why the name of the show is A Journey Through Into Awareness, because in order to do that, we need to become aware of what the hell happened. I have this feeling. It continues to come up. I see repeats in my life like themes. What's going on inside of me? What happened? And it's a repeat of Whatever, however we were treated, whatever messages we received, we continue to do to ourselves in this life until we um, can become aware of it. Then we have more of a choice of taking charge of it. Otherwise, it takes charge of our life. Mm 
It really does. And we live 90% of our life unconscious here. That's why I'm committed in this life to helping people awaken, which is what you're doing, which is what Judy is doing. We're all doing it. Um, what, whatever we want to call ourselves, light workers, you know, children of the light, whatever, you know, we don't need labels, but, um, and it's such a blessing to be with people that are doing the, the same work. So I want to thank you for what you do. And I thank Judy every time I speak to her. So we're all doing it and it's a blessing. It's such an honor and a grace and it's gift. It all comes from gift. I don't take any credit for what I do. It all comes from gift. The only credit I can, I can do is, is, is receive is that I said, yes. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Jesus spoke both Easter's about forgiveness, as I mentioned, and it was, he said the, but the most important forgiveness is self. So Absolutely. forgive yourself for anything that you took on, any erroneous beliefs or any, if you did something bad or wrong or yep. off the mark, just forgive. You did the best you could in that moment yep. and give yourself the grace that you give to your child or your loved one. Yes. We all give grace, extend grace to everybody. Yes. So. Yeah. And I think part of it is, is when we label and judge other people, and when we label and judge ourselves, we actually separate ourselves from the wholeness of who we are and the wholeness of the creator. Yeah. When we are judging ourselves, we're just rejecting. When we're rejecting others, when we're judging others, we're just rejecting those parts of ourselves we don't want to look at. That's a very big key for everyone to hear tonight, that when you feel an urge to judge, point a finger at someone. Always remember that really you're rejecting a part of yourself you're not ready to look at yet. And that's okay. But we have to become aware that we're doing it because it's always about us. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Yeah, it's true. Lisa, um, when, when you feel this, when you feel the... Uh, Actually, I have so many things that I want to stay on point. I apologize for, for being uh, a little confused in the moment. Um, I don't know if people listening understand what channeling is. I know that sounds very basic, but there was someone who um, contacted me who listened to last week's show, and they didn't understand a lot of the terminology, and they felt a little lost. So maybe if you could talk about what channeling is just real briefly and um and then what about reincarnation and how does it fit into all of this so georgianne maybe if we uh take our break now and then when we come back we could lead off with those fantastic questions i think that's a great idea we'll be right back thank you for joining us tonight we'll be back tonight right back you're listening to talk radio nyc uplift educate empower are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. 
on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. We're here with Lisa Najor. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> so I I define, um, so there's psychic in my world anyways. People, you know, there's no set way because lots of people have their own definitions. But I define it as psychic work, medium work, and then channeling. And I split mediumship and channeling. Some don't, many don't. So psychic information comes from the collective consciousness. It's really all about the source of the information. Psychic work comes from um, the collective consciousness, sometimes the aura of the person I'm reading, things like that. Uh, Mediumship is very different. That's coming directly from a deceased loved one that is delivering a message, and I'm just a telephone. I'm just listening, and I speak what they're saying, basically taking dictation. And then channeling I split. Many people put channels in with uh, mediumship, and I don't for for this reason. For me, um, when I say channeling, it means the higher vibrational. So, so somebody in the deceased realm is in more the fourth dimensional plane, and then for me, the channeling they come differently, they come through differently, the energy is completely different, and it's always fifth dimensional and higher. So that's where you have the ascended masters and upward. There are different types of channels. Some are full trance channels where they literally are knocked out and they are a fascination to watch. They're knocked out. They're just, and then the entity takes control of their voice box and things like that. It's kind of interesting. I don't want to be that. So I've already told them I'm not going to work like that. I want to have more control over my body and things. And, um, but so I'm just a partial trance channel. So when that fifth dimensional energy comes in, uh, I'm still coherent, but uh, my eyes are closed. I can't open them. And I'm just in this heavenly space because I am now lifted into the fifth dimension with them. And that's um, how I define the differences. Thank you. I'm sure everyone listening appreciates that. Good. So Georgianne, I actually had a session with Lisa probably about six months ago. And I know Lisa doesn't always remember what she's channeling, but my grandmother came through. And one of the things that she said is, Judy, if a podcast comes around and you have the opportunity, jump on it. So Georgianne, here we are together. So I'm always amazed at what comes through. You never told me that. No. But I didn't remember it either. She had to tell me on the phone. We were just chatting one day and she said, don't you remember you told me this? I said, no, I don't. Oh, so I'm so great. glad. Yeah. And, and, and Georgiana, Georgiana and I definitely have more questions for you. But before we run out of time, this is Lisa's book, Dying to Tell You. So it's a quick read. It's got some great and profound information in it. And it's a fantastic book. So Lisa, how do people find out more about you? How do they get to work with you? Yes, easily. They go to lisanager.com and there they will find my books. They will find personal sessions they can have. I'm doing, well, tomorrow night, a moon meditation, full moon. I do the moon meditations. I do the ascended uh, master groups at once a month. And I'm also just started an increase your intuitive IQ course. And that's really for anyone I say we use our intuition for everything from picking a spouse to buying a house and everything in between. So it's not about becoming a psychic, although you can, but it's about we use it. It's one of our gifts. So why not make it your superpower? And that's uh, what I'm doing. We're having lots of fun just um, practicing with each other, building confidence, because that's the main thing that people need. And so that just started and people can join anytime they want. It's sort of ongoing and it's to be a lot of fun. So Lisa, Lisa, for for listeners who are just listening, is there one or two things or practices that we can do to help increase our intuitive IQ? Yeah, gosh, there's so many. But I think just practically speaking, meditation, I just taught it the other day. Meditation, when I started, I was always intuitive. But when I started a regular meditation practice, it went through the roof. So just five or 10 minutes a day. 
The other thing is some people find really great luck with binaural beats, meditating with binaural beats. I don't use them, but many people are awakening just from that. Uh, staying in a joy place for one thing, um, definitely stay in your joy place in all things. And um, then spirit tells me that if people just, they're always getting intuitive hits, right? Your intuition, your gut feeling, whatever you want to call it, but they don't follow it because they think, oh, lucky guess or, but no, start jotting down every time you get a hit on something or feeling not to do something or to do something, then date it and then watch what happens and maybe try. And then once you start seeing it, you will start following it. The minute you start following it and trusting it and noticing it, spirit says, yes, I'll give her more now. And that really starts, jump starts things. Yes. That's been my experience. That's right. Yes. Yes. And also ask in dreams. If you want a question, sometimes it's easier for people to connect in the dream state at first. So ask before bed, night after night, just say, okay, I'm at a crossroads. I'd really like some guidance on blank. And can you please bring me the message in a dream and start programming your dreams even to give you those messages. You'll be amazed. Maybe not the first night, but keep doing it and you'll see some changes, I think. Would you ever be willing to come back on the show again? I would love to. You ladies are amazing. <laughs> I would love to hear all the all of what you're, you're up to. Um, yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity, Lisa. We would love to have you back. So, Lisa, 2021 is the year of movement. Life is a highway. Tell us what that's all about. George Harrison came in on June 11th last year singing Life is a Highway, Tom Cochran's version of it. And he was saying, you know, yes, yes, I see that there's all this chaos going on and that's all true. And I'm not denying it or minimizing it, he said. But I want to tell you something. He said, tell them, Lisa, that they're sitting on a mountain of gold and they don't know it. And I said, what do you mean a mountain of gold? I didn't know quite what that meant. He said, the the gold of possibility. He said, because of this new wave of ascension energy and because of this veil, the veil is lifting. And so there's not much of a veil between worlds anymore. And we are all waking up, whether we know it or not, and whether we like it or not. So he said, because of that, you can manifest almost instantly now. But the problem is, most people, because of the situation, they're in on fear highway. And there's another highway over there that if they could just step away from the fear and go over here, he says, you'd watch. You wouldn't believe how your manifestations would come to pass quicker than they ever have before. So he said, get on it. No one's on it. You'll have the whole highway to yourself. You know, it's very cute. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So Lisa, what would you like to leave our listeners with? We talked about so much wonderful, profound information. What are the two to three things that we should remember? I know I said it already in this interview, but gosh, You are so loved. You are so loved. And if you know how loved you are, and if you know that your angelic, you know, guides and and the masters and beloved, you know, uh, Jesus and, and Mary and so many masters are around you and God, I mean, just reach out, reach out to the divine being, the God of your understanding and, um, your life will be just so much more improved and it'll help take you up out of the fear that's that's all over and you know permeating the, the globe it seems like right now so just knowing you're loved knowing that you're not alone uh knowing that you're amazing and you're you're perfect and beautiful and that you're sitting on a mountain of gold of possibilities so get on the highway and ride it all night long <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love, I love that oh, that's so great yeah and I think one of your other favorite songs is, is it uh, Sweet Lord? My Sweet Lord? My Sweet Lord, yes. Yeah. I used it to get me into a joy place before I would channel any of the guests in my book. And then I would use Deva Pramal's chant, uh, Gayatri chant, Gayatri mantra. And that put me in a beautiful high, high vibrational state. So between those two, I was ready to go. <laughs> yes. Lisa, quickly, have you ever channeled anyone that scared you? A great question. Wow, I have I have never been asked that. I have never channeled anyone who scared me. Um, no, I really haven't. Amazing. So you would think that people only those ascended of a high from a high vibration have come to you. 
Well, that said, I've never channeled anyone that scared me, but I will say this, that there is darker, heavier energy on the planet and it always has been, it's light and dark. And so have I had attacks on me, psychic or spiritual? Yeah, energetic. When I'm out in crowded places, sometimes, yes, I feel it. Or after being around somebody that's kind of just a miserable, maybe really angry person, absolutely or go walking into a haunted house heck yeah I do and I have to like clear it or sometimes even get someone to help clear it off me so I have been absolutely all the way through the whole journey I have here and there but no I've never actually channeled them and I think because again we set those intentions that I work with the light through the light I want only from the light for strict about that yeah intentionality seems to really be intentionality, love, and I love you. And I love you. You know that. (laughs) And I love all of you. Thank you for joining us tonight. We have spectacular gifts guests coming up as gift on the next several weeks. Lisa, thank you. Really a privilege to know you, to meet you, and I hope we see each other again. We, we will. will. We it's will. Been such a, it's been a, such a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure, Lisa, having you here. Thank you. It's so been amazing. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really great. So you'll come on again. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Good night. God bless. Good night. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. you listeners looking to boost your business why not advertise on talk radio nyc with very reasonable rates interested simply send us a message on our website talkradio.nyc do you love or are you intrigued about new york city and its neighborhoods i'm jeff goodman host of rediscovering new york a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 